You wake up one day and you see sunrise the next day. Hola a todos, welcome back to another episode of the 1 to 100 podcast where we'll be talking about everything design related, shed some light on our personal experiences and help you in understanding the architecture realm. I want to talk today about things I wish I knew before starting architecture school. We'll be touching on transitions both from A-levels slash college to university and from university into the working world, what subject helped us in architecture, work experience and much more. I don't know about you lot, but I can't lie, I felt like there was quite a lot of things I wish I had known before studying architecture. And a lot of our listeners felt the same. Uh, so I posed the question onto social media and we got back with a few responses. But before we get into those, I wanted to know from you guys, uh, what is one thing that you guys wish you had known before studying architecture? So I think I wish I knew the benefit of asking for help. I feel like I'm quite independent and I don't really like asking but I think asking for help and knowing what architecture is kind of going out there finding forums and all of these types of things I wish I just asked for help um and another thing I wish I knew is I really wish I opened my eyes to like the overarching cost of architecture It was so expensive. And I think sometimes when we think about uni, we just think about tuition fees and not the external costs attached to it. So, you know, you've got, you've got your tuition fees is £9,250, but then you've also got the cost of materials, the cost of food, the cost of how much you might be spending per week on blah, blah, blah. And actually it ends up being about £15,000 per year. You know, so you, I really wish I broke down the costs accurately. There are definitely ways that you can save money. Like you can just use recyclable materials and just say, yeah, this is my style. You know what I mean? There's ways of, like, of going around it, you know. And the thing is that even with that, like you can get cardboard from like local shops. Like there was a shop near our uni called The Colonnade. Do you know how much cardboard they, they threw away? You just need to collect all of it and just use them for your models. Um, and obviously, oh. you literally like if your tutor is telling you to switch up, just be like, "Well, why don't you switch it up?" You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, the worst is when you make models, and I like would go to <laughs> I would go to Starbucks and steal the stars. Yeah. <laughs> all the time that like, was me. I'd always hope my project is made out of timber, so I could just use those stars. <laughs> Like every everyone's project had some sort of timber in it because they're like, you know what? <laughs> it got to a point I knew where they kept them in the covers if there were none there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> For real, I remember going early in the morning, you know, when they first opened, so they got the fresh ones there. <laughs> I I was so bait in the way I did it, I would just pick a handful. I didn't care who saw me and just like walk. All right, Bethany, what do you think? Ooh, okay. First thing, this is going to sound a bit silly, but I wish I knew what a 1 to 500 site plan was. <laughs> Honestly. Well, specifically. I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, let's just say architecture, they get straight to the point. They drop you straight in the deep end. Freshers week hadn't even finished and we had our first assignment. We were given a client, a live project, taken two sites and they told us 
okay, you've got your groups, so go and do a 1 to 500 site plan. I had, I was like, 1 to 500, what? Who, who's that? <laughs> so I just felt like an idiot because I didn't even know about the skills and simple things like that. Um, but if I'm being serious, what I would like to know before studying architecture, I think I wish I just had a general, a better background knowledge on the subject itself. Yeah. I wish I knew more architects, read about what was going on in the industry more so that I had some knowledge when I came to do my projects that I could apply these to my projects. Okay, this architect did this design and I think that I could use some of the techniques that this architect used and apply it to my own design to help me here. So that's something I wish I would have known. I got by anyhow. But that I think that would have aided in my work as a whole. I wish like there was like kind of like a pre-architecture course for dummies because <laughs> I'd definitely sign up. <laughs> Only because I felt like like Bethany rightfully said you're really in the deep end and feel like some people just knew straight away what to do. I was just kind of there, even though it was good to learn from them. I just always felt out of the loop because I didn't know what was going on but I feel like the beauty of that is that you see the growth when it gets to the end of first year but I wish you had some sort of understanding in the first place. Quickly just touch on what Adam and I said in terms of like crash course for dummies um, you can definitely take um, a foundation course before you leave sorry after you leave sixth form or college yeah, as long as you're under the age of, I think it's 19, it's free. After that, it's probably somewhere in the thousands or about a thousand pounds. But even then, I would still say it, treat it as an investment because it is literally a crash course for dummies and or not for dummies, but just for someone that's, that has not much knowledge in design and kind of wants a, a place to start. So, yeah, look into it. Yeah, there are other courses and the thing is the good thing about foundation is that like Amanda was saying that it's free however if you wanted to do like a different course then you'd have to pay for it because I know I did and it cost me a couple hundred pounds I can't lie and it was yeah I had to save up quite a bit. Besma would you like to say your piece? Well I wanted to speak more about tutors I think. I think in particular sometimes you know believe in your own source you know especially in first year you feel like because you go in with like very little knowledge that you kind of treat what the tutors say as like almost like biblical as in you have to do exactly as they say otherwise if you don't you're going to like fail drive your projects out of you know your own passions sometimes you just really have to believe in your own craft yeah just take what they say as advice and you know take it into account but still don't 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 dismiss everything that you think is good just to try and please them and i say like if you're passionate about your project and you absolutely love it be ready to defend it too when you show that you have the ability to defend you know your own work process and your outcome it's also a way of like convincing your tutors that this is actually a good design like yeah and they like that they like that a lot they love that and I feel like part of the reason why they can they're tough on you is because they want to bring that out of you yeah part of doing really great in architecture is having that balance of listening and also 
voicing your opinions and voicing, you know, critiquing even those who critique you, but also critiquing yourself in the way that you respond to how they, you know, they address your work. And I think that's super important and you need that balance. So don't be so headstrong, but also be bold with your choices. You know, don't be hesitant. And there's always an opportunity, especially in architecture school, to sort of go back and, you know, adjust those ideas later on. Just don't forget to enjoy every part of, you know, the whole learning process in the next three years. You shouldn't be afraid to kind of fail or get things wrong. When I look back to my first year, I was so shy and I would get, things would get to me, especially in crits when I'm doing my, when I'm presenting my work. I would take things personally, but you need to go with the idea that they're not attacking you. They just want to get the good out of you and to help you improve your project. Just don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid when people give you feedback. I did not address that issue of being shy during presentations. Um, I missed my final crit in third year and then I went to work and then I got faced with having to do a presentation in front of my team and I was like maybe I should have done that final career and maybe I would have been a little bit more prepared so I thought it was it's a mentality thing like you're you probably are a lot more prepared than you think so literally as first Mo was saying as Adonai was saying just believe in your source just believe that they'll be slipping all over your source trust trust me yeah, that sounds really saying trousers. <laughs> I wanted to say that, you know, also with like, we waited until we had the crit to do the crit. Like, why didn't we present our works, our work with each other? It would have probably made things a lot more easier. So then that would also prepare us for how we'd respond to criticism. I think we, we planned to do that together or like at least, you know, but it never happened. It never happened. I don't know why, because you know what it is. I know why. <laughs> the reason why is because you have to set yourself kind of a deadline to like pre-crit deadline if that makes sense so you have to have your work ready for your friends to see basically you have to have the majority of your work done and no one was ever finished imagine mandy in the crit <laughs> she'd be like what about the interiors <laughs> <laughs> what is the texture of the carpet <laughs> I don't know how it feels. No, the furniture, the furniture. <laughs> it's people like you who, make, who give architecture a bad name, you know. <laughs> We're barely ready for the actual crit, yet alone friend crits. So time management, and you'll be able to do that, guys. That's what it is. Speaking on time management, the people have said some things <laughs> on <laughs> socials what they wish they knew. And one of them is literally, well, one time management, the other money management, definitely for sure, because that one, especially architecture, I never realized architecture was such an expensive course. Like the amount of money I spent, not even just that, I think being in Oxford as well. You're just not even able to save as well. So it's not even how much you spend, like don't even bother trying to save. (laughs) (laughs) It got to a point where it was like, do I need this money for model materials or for food? Everyone made the same decision because everyone was thin at some point. I I know people weren't eating properly. Those three years, I was battling between, you know, working and like, you know, saving up money for all like my materials and everything um, by, you know, working throughout the week. And it just never worked. Like, it's hard. You could, but then 
the next few years it was so so difficult and people would be telling me like why are you working like you know like you need to you know you need to put all that time into like you know working on your projects and everything and it's like if you're good at managing your time yeah but I'd go for it I mean I can't really tell give advice in terms of like what you should do because everyone's situation is different and I know that some of us actually did work while studying and it was so hard and honestly respect for those who actually carried on even on to third year to you know like work and study at the same time yeah Yeah. I had to work so did Ad and I we had an agency job so waitressing so in that sense you had the flexibility to pick up a shift whenever you had the time to do so so you could earn some extra money and it could be as frequent as you wanted it to be or as infrequent as you wanted to but you gotta do what you gotta do it definitely gave me that discipline especially in second year I'll be like I need to do this amount of work otherwise I'm I'm working like on these next few days and that means I won't be able to work so it pushed you to like do more work during that time yeah I think it gives you structure yeah 100% I mean I had a job from first year till third year only it was only in the final semester that I actually left my job and when I left my job I felt like I didn't have any structure because I had had a job for three years straight and I was like wow now what do I do with my time now and it really threw me off track a little bit and not to say that you should get a job during uni actually I would strongly advise you not to get a job during uni if you have to like sometimes like you don't have any other choice I, that was my situation it's like, I didn't work I'm not gonna eat so I had to work um, and I didn't really have a choice because I'm financially independent so it was more like I couldn't really leave my job um, and say okay well actually I'm gonna get this external income from somewhere because I didn't have I didn't have that magical pot of money in it so I really had to be careful about how I spent my money and I remember it got to the point where my tutor was like you know Amanda you need to leave your job sis like I need to pay my bills (laughs) it's either I fail or I leave and like I was just like I can't I, I just gonna I I I I you know like <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> 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 I felt I felt that stutter in my soul <laughs> I really felt that it's not just materials you have to think about hair care products too <laughs> I have to think about my braids my shampoo that thing's not cheap like Bethany I got none of that in Oxford. Let's just say every time I went back to Nottingham, that is when I got my... <gasps> Look for your local hair shop. Go back to London. Or go to London and collect everything and bring it to uni with you. Stock up. Stock up. That is true. One thing you wish you knew, your hair products need to come with you. Come on. Honestly. <laughs> I remember me and Naomi, we had our site in Brixton. I would, the amount of plantain I would take from Brixton Market... Do you guys remember first year when they put up the sign-up sheet for the trip to Berlin? Literally. <laughs> Everyone scrambled. <laughs> it was a stampede. Like, I was just like, I'm not here for this. No, I sat in the corner like, I'm staying in London. Are you mad? thing is, hallelujah, patience. I waited till the crowd cleared off and I saw that someone had missed the box. That, that, was, that box was meant for me. <laughs> Yo. I was not about to fight for my spot. There were how many spaces and 160 of us fighting to get it? 
Yeah, I, was I, I remember just telling myself, yeah, it's just like Berlin, whatever, like don't really need to go there. Like I miss London, so I'll just go for London. But deep down, I wanted to go to Berlin. <laughs> just trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> A few other things people wish they knew was, I thought it was really funny. Someone said caffeine is not the way to do all-nighters. <laughs> We used to do all-nighters without caffeine. I don't know how I did it. Drink water. Water. Honestly, honestly, water is the one. Guys, water will give you life. It will give your brain juice. It's so much better than caffeine. I don't like coffee. I don't know if I drink it. But the thing is, yeah, you'll be going to the toilet. The (laughs) amount of toilet breaks you'll have to go to. Oh, that's funny, man. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, God, I'm just remembering it. Oh, it's funny. Someone else said uh, they wish that they knew a little BIM. Not going to lie, I still don't know what that is. A what? Still not used BIM, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, building information modelling. But do you know what it actually is, though? Building information modelling. <laughs> don't quote me on it. Um, I know a friend did a dissertation on BIM, and it's basically the aspects of, like, team building using CAD and Revit. So like basically multiple people work on these projects at the same time. So like if so it's is it kind of like a drive? Yeah, yeah, basically. So it's it's kind of like the cloud. So say for example, if I was working some on something here and so like ArchiCAD is part of BIM as well. If I was working on something as the architect um, and there was, for example, an engineer that wanted to work on something too. Everything that I'm doing on my computer, he would also be able to see on his computer. Um, and it's also a way for you to kind of show the client what you're doing online visually. Everything that you can do on site, you can do on BIM too. So it's quite, it's quite modern and um, a lot of small and medium enterprises are trying to push it more because it saves a lot of money in the long run as well. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite cool actually. So I've got two more and then I'm going to move on to the next question. So one is, I wish I knew that there is no set time or age to finish education by. Um, and the second one is, I wish I knew how to transition from uni to the outside world. Now, the time and age is one that I can definitely relate to, which is the reason why I actually didn't do a foundation course, because me even knowing that I was going to study architecture, I was like, this is a seven-year course. I'm going to finish by the time I'm like 26, 27. I don't want to add a year for, it, for me to finish later on in life because I kind of wanted to kickstart my career. I don't know if men studying architecture have the same kind of, you know, stigma about like finishing at a certain age and this and that. I, th- I don't know if it's more of a woman thing because I don't know, since young, people have been planning like everything, like planning what age they want to be when they get married, what age when they want to be when, when they get a house and everything will come when at the right time for you. And it's not a race. I definitely yeah. think it has something to do with the whole maternal aspects of things. I guess a lot of girls think, I, I feel like we, all, we calculate it in our heads a little bit, you know, I'm this age, and by this age I want to find a boyfriend or maybe a husband, and then I want to have kids by this age, but I don't want to be too old when I have kids. And then at the same time, I want to fulfill my career. So we've calculated in our heads that if we don't achieve a certain thing by a certain time, then it can't be possible. And 
I feel like maybe I'm not trying to generalize, but I think for guys it's a lot different because not being funny is a lot easier for them to get a woman at an older age than it is for a woman to find a man at an older age. So I think a lot of a lot of females kind of use that as a way of saying, if I don't achieve this by a certain point in my life, then it's there's no point in getting it. Yeah, I think the the thought of like I'm not going to speak for all women because I know it's definitely not the case. Do think about having children. And I think that plays a really big part, especially if you're focusing on your career and especially like a long one. If you're going to become like a doctor or or some other course that takes um, just as long as architecture, then you're thinking like, not like you don't want to be too old, then marriage, then kids, then house, or I don't know, usually but before you're 30. I don't know why that is, but it's usually before your birthday. Um, similar with you, Naomi. I wish um, that I didn't put so much emphasis on time and age because I didn't do a foundation. So just for everyone listening, just know that, you know, everybody has a different route to architecture. Everybody has um, a different life journey and you shouldn't let age and time be the main point in your plan that's not even just for going into uni that's for doing your part two and three like stop putting a time limit on when you should be completing everything by there's no no one there's no golden rule book that says you need to be an architect before the age of 30 or you need to complete your part two straight after part part one just yeah stop putting so much pressure on yourself yeah between part one and part two you can take as long as you need but in terms of student finance obviously there's like a three-year time limit next question how did you lot feel transitioning from a level slash college into university but before that uh, i wanted to ask like what subjects did you lot take um which subject aided you best when studying architecture i'm gonna start with adonai so I studied the International Baccalaureate, which is another qualification instead of A-levels. I studied English, literature lang- and language, visual arts, des- design technology, social and cultural anthropology. And then we had some core subjects, which was like the theory of knowledge and creativity, action and service. So yeah, that... The theory um, of knowledge. Yeah. Just drop us your CV and national insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh guys it was so intense two years of my life was just honestly so intense and then to study architecture oh my god like it was literally from intensity to intensity times two so obviously now looking back at it I'm glad that I've taken a year to have a a well-needed break I don't know I love to say well-needed break because it's well-needed okay I'm well-deserved yeah, I had quite a few of all-nighters and late nights. When it wasn't all-nighters, I was okay with my sleep, but the intensity was so much harder. So for those of you that don't know what an all-nighter is, it is what it says in the title. You, <laughs> <laughs> you stay up a whole 24 hours. You wake up one day and you see sunrise the next day. Even if I didn't technically stay in the studio the whole night, I'd be walking home and the sun is rising. Behind me is dark. In front of me is bright because the sun's coming up on one side. And yeah, that's an all-nighter. You, you stay up the whole night working. Architects know that. They're quite familiar 
with all-nighters. It's not very nice and I advise you not to do it if you can. The worst is when you're still in the studio and people walk in, they're like, you're still here? And I'm like... <laughs> Bring they're really a like they're bougie, like with the whole eight-hour sleep. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Bags under my eyes. I never even thought that was even possible. But the thing is, when I stay up all night, I honestly feel like I'm going crazy. Like, I would laugh hysterically and then I would kind of, like, have mad mood swings and kind of cry and kind of scream and... That's yeah. one thing that you said how we met. That's probably why I was cartwheeling. <laughs> You'll find yeah, me on my hands doing a handstand. All of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden you have, like, a mad burst of energy and then you're like, I'm not tired anymore. We lost it. What subject helped you best studying architecture? The one that helped me best was art. Architecture is all about design and expression so anything creative really helps you with that process when it comes to designing and also with your portfolio everything is very visual with minimal text and you have to be able to effectively articulate and communicate some of those complex ideas within your design in a way that's simple and very visual so someone else who's looking at it whether that's your tutor or be it a client or just anyone reading your portfolio will be able to understand that. So that's why I think art helps you in terms of laying out your work and your portfolio and also the design process. But another one I was thinking of like Sly Sly Maths, just because I did um, mechanics and I feel like that whole side to problem solving slightly feeds into it, um, especially in terms of the technology technological side of architecture coming up with solutions to design problems without necessarily having to compromise on certain aspects of the design so I feel like the ability to be creative and um, be able to solve problems were the skills that I kind of got out of my A-level courses. Yeah I did maths at AS and then dropped at A2 but I really enjoyed it um, I just felt like I I really enjoyed my other three subjects, which were economics, art, and philosophy and theology, which is, we called it PTE, but it's it like, as in under the description, it's religious studies, but it's more philosophy and theology. In particular with art and philosophy and theology, we did a lot of essay writing. I think with art, we had to do, because it wasn't A-levels, it was, it's called Cambridge Pre-U, so it was actually like, they did get us to, you know, write an essay about a particular area of art that we were interested in. And I feel like, because I knew that I wanted to study architecture, I made sure that my projects actually revolved around architecture. So I started to become quite familiar with um, certain architects. So I my essay was actually focused on Buckminster Fuller and utopian architecture because I was really interested in that and how like you know looking into like David Hockney's art as well and looking at hedonism and how it affects you know our world and the world of architecture but I don't want to bore you guys into that <laughs> so. no but that's a good point that you raised me personally art for me was the most useful because I think in terms of portfolio and laying out and things like that like the visuals and everything that you learn in art is extremely linked. It's almost done the same, especially like the way that you guys communicate uh, whatever it is that you want through a drawing. But yeah, what you said about using that subject to focus it towards architecture, I definitely did that. And I actually looked into Zaha Hadid and her forms and looked into how architecture is inspired by nature. 
well with like my sort of journey from a levels to university I well my sixth form was like incredibly like competitive it was like a compass like just the atmosphere there was so it's like intense but in a good way that like, it made like everyone around you was working and it really put like a sort of like motivational force there was like a, it's like a motivational force around you um like a drive yeah like a drive but then going into architecture it does help having that sort of mindset where like you it can can tend to become unhealthy and detrimental to your mental health where you look at other people's work and and you want to do better and it motivates motivates you to do to work harder really or like in terms of working in architecture like developing that sort of mindset from early did help me but it did also deeply affect me I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah architecture is is a composite of so many different subjects in one there's just a bit of everything so I feel like other subjects can help shape your perspective so for me I three subjects that kind of helped me was art but for me I felt like art was quite like difficult for me not because I wasn't good at it it was because of I guess time management because I was studying six other subjects so it was hard to like balance everything and give the necessary attention to each subject that subject helped me to like you know be creative Um, and then I studied social and cultural anthropology which is the study of cultures and people so that kind of helped me with the with our essays I really enjoyed like writing my essays so I feel like that's where my passion kind of comes from and then in terms of design technology that also helped me to be a designer each subject helps you and your own perspective and your own response to the brief you spoke about I mean you studied art but in order to study a creative subject you also need to have time to be creative and for that you need to be fully rested you need to be feeling energized and you need to be thinking with a lot of innovation so you need to be you you need that rest and sometimes you don't always have it uh so we understand the difficulty of you know studying something extremely uh different to art for example or to graphic design and then yeah but on that note um I studied so I studied English lit arts economics and philosophy then I went and failed philosophy and economics like my teacher legit told me that a homeless man would pass before I do so I was like right okay cool say no more <laughs> so wow. in my second year I dropped well, economics. that's rude yeah he's rude I'm not gonna lie I hope he got sacked <laughs> <laughs> I was like maybe it's just it's just not for me the worst thing you know like when you really enjoy something as well it's like oh, wow it's just just I guess it's just not it sis I feel like everyone would like economics I just feel like he just it, it's sad like that he made that he said that because I feel like everyone should you know like study it like at yeah. some, some way at some point like I remember our essay was Brexit or something <laughs> It was really but oh yeah it was around the same time wasn't it because i studied economics too and i loved it but i just wasn't good <laughs> it was the same thing like and i thought like rah why doesn't any why doesn't everyone study this subject because mm. then it got me way more into politics and things like that to be fair i think there's an there should be an aspect of economics in every subject same way i think there should be a creative aspect in every subject i don't think it should just be limited to what the subject actually is um, so hopefully we see a change in the curriculum some some way somehow. 
But yeah, so after I dropped those two, I picked up sociology AS and A2, really battled through it. And that surprisingly was what really fueled me to go ahead and study architecture. I just loved the aspect of the fact that people are the power of social norms and values within society. And I just, I thought like, wow, this is so amazing. Like, how could I, how could I take this further? Um, And I didn't want to just go and study sociology at uni. I thought it was a little bit predictable, you know, okay, I I like sociology, so I'm going to go and study sociology. Um, I thought, how can I, what can I use um, sociology for? So if you are, studying a specific subject don't just think okay because I like maths I'm gonna go and study maths no what can you actually use maths for like what how will it benefit you in the future I'm trying to relate relate this to your career path as well so for example if you study architecture don't just think because I studied architecture I need to now become an architect look at other disciplines in design and see how you can create how you can make it impactful for yourself and for your future you don't have to percent. it's actually not by force um so just yeah you use your disciplines what have you learned in architecture graphic design you've learned how to put portfolios together you've learned computer-aided design you've learned how to work in a team collaboratively you've learned leadership skills why don't you just become a project manager do you know what I mean so there's so many aspects of what you studied that you can now go and take into the outside world or into the uni world it just depends on how how you apply it like you learn so many different topics all in one course that you can take it and almost become anything else like those skills are so transferable. Uh, we've got a friend who's, well, he was definitely way more artistic, but now he's gone to do, like become a tattoo artist. It, it doesn't have to be anything directly related if you don't want it to. Do you know what I mean? But there are elements of each subject that help studying architecture, but can you really truly be prepared for it? If you have such a passion and love for something, you almost feel like it's not really preparation when you're going into it. It's so important for you to develop an interest in something before trying to prepare for it. So make sure that it's for you, that you love it, that it's, you know, that it's something that you always wanted to do. Along with that, that's what sort of is the driving force of your preparation. There are things looking back, I wish I kind of, because I was interested in architecture, I wish I did more reading. I wish I like learned some of like the, you know, you know, different terminologies within architecture would have probably made it a lot easier for me to, to like navigate my entire journey, like those three years, um, even down to like, you know, using those technical pens <laughs> and like not messing up my drawings. <laughs> but, Speaking of the technical pens quickly, I know we spoke about budget before, but be prepared to spend Muller on your first year toolkit that's a different level pens are expensive <laughs> also, if you have friends that studied architecture before reach out to them i'm sure they'll possibly give you their technical pens but like yeah if you want our technical pens dm us at one to 100 podcast you know we'll just package it right through don't need to pay for no delivery I'm joking. <laughs> we can organize something from there <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I feel like there's a way in which we can try and collate some stuff to send to people that don't have the materials because I'm so sure there are so many people that left uni with a bag of materials. I'm talking about hundreds of pounds of materials. I got a bag of clay. 
Yeah, and do you know what I mean? Naomi's got a bag of clay. I've got a, I've got a box of cement. And I'm just thinking I will never use these things again. So maybe as a team, we'll try and think of a way in which we can benefit. <laughs> Bethany has <laughs> Uh, I've got a drawing board that yeah. like shine a light through and like trace over images. Do you remember that drawing oh, board? That is such a useful it, thing. Light, it was like I a wish light. I invested board. in it. I'm it's broke. But I bought it for like literally like forty pounds. Yeah, but yeah, so, we'll we'll think of a way in which we can try and make this beneficial for the people that are going to the uni. I think that's part of our part of the plan. Yeah, love that. Someone else mentioned on socials that they wish they knew how to transition from uni to the outside world. And I wanted to revisit the topic of transitioning. I feel like university was a key learning curve for me, specifically in the fact that you enter as a teenager and you almost have to forget everything you learned in school, uh, specifically the teaching methods. How do you guys feel after graduating? Did you have a plan? Were you guys confident? Uh, What was the most challenging thing about life after university? Adonai. Coming out of university, I'm so sorry, but it really took all my confidence away. Like I came into architecture, into university um, strong, and then I left like weak. I'm not even going to lie. And I felt like... Oh, they broke you. <laughs> they broke me, guys. They broke me. <laughs> but this whole year has give- allowed me to build and learn a lot of different skills and to build up my own confidence again you're not in competition with anyone and the best thing you can do after graduation is to learn different skills and to build your kind of portfolio up yeah just relax for me anyway I just felt like it was nice to just you know focus on different things learn about myself and just build up on things that I wouldn't have time to do during architecture just take it easy and the best thing you can do is not give up like still apply for jobs still um, get yourself out there whether it's to like start your own instagram page and put your work up there start your own architectural blog or it doesn't even have to be related to architecture just do something that is just essentially you architecture is a well-respected degree and the fact that you can come out at the end is something that you should give yourself a pat on the back for fantastic brilliant i love that energy hi amanda i felt so lost (laughs) i I don't know um when i when i graduated okay on the day of graduation i was like wow do i deserve to be here like i i don't know what i did i couldn't i couldn't vouch for my degree like i just think I don't know what I've achieved. Like, I don't know what I've done, but I've got this degree though. Like, I'm happy about that. I did, I'm, I'm such a planner and I feel like I love to plan everything to the last detail. But for this thing, I could not plan for that. Like, I couldn't plan for kind of almost failing architecture. And the thing is with architecture, you're always on the brinks of failing. I think that's what it is. Like, there's, there's such a fine line of passing and failing. Anybody can fail architecture and... I felt like I had, I went through such a tough mental journey that when I finished, I just thought I'm just going to have so much fun. And I, you know why? Because I deserve it. Like I did everything. I went to Afro Nation with Cindy hey. and, the, and the girls. 
girls. And then I went volunteering um, with Adonai, went to Vanuatu and Bethany, uh, which is like a South Pacific island. So we did some volunteering with Cork in Studio, which was amazing. Definitely shout out to Harry and the gang. And it was just so good. It's so good to do something that was kind of related to architecture, but more so related to the fact that I it was not studying. So I feel like if you need to take that that break after architecture, definitely do it. Do your thing. Sometimes I think you you feel like you're on a ticking bomb um, and you need to get a job and you need to, or otherwise if you don't get a job, all the jobs in the world will disappear. But in fact, that's not the case at all. It's about setting yourself right first, getting your, your mental health to where you want it to be before you actually go and apply for jobs, um, fix your CV, do your cover lesson, all that stuff. Like make sure you are good first. Besma. I completely agree with everything that Adonai and Mandy have been saying. I feel like when you're at uni, not even uni, just from the start of, you know, your educational journey, you're almost like in this sort of protective blanket in the sense that you know exactly where you're going to be next. So if you're in year three, that means year four is next year. And like with university, it's like, oh, if I, I just need to work to this amount to, you know, reach this certain grade. But then when you come out of uni, it's almost like that blanket has like, that veil has dropped and you kind of feel alone. It's almost like, it's like all those people are there to just support you on your journey to, you know, graduating. And then after that, it's like, you don't know where to go next. And, and it's okay to not know at a certain moment. Like, I feel like we live in a society where you need to have the answers. We feel like we need to have the answers straight away as to what the next steps are. Like, you need to be productive, you need to do this and that. Sometimes being productive, it's almost like we need to reassess our understanding of what productivity means. You can be productive by giving yourself some rest, giving yourself a break like Mandy did. That's productive for your mind. Like you need that rest. Otherwise, how are you going to progress onto the next part of your life? That will come, will definitely come. And you need to honour that and you and you deserve that as well. So all the best things come to those who wait. I'm a full believer in that. I've had a difficult year myself. It taught me a lot about rejection, which my obviously my podcast will go into a lot more in detail about my journey. Um, so tune into that. But it taught me a lot about myself and how to be patient and how to move on to the next step in life. Um, and just not look back too much to the point where you feel like you failed yourself because you never do. You learn with each failure, there is always a lesson. Yeah. I was actually kind of moving, I can't lie. Say D. I can't see. Bruv, I felt that one in my core. <laughs> oh, Bethany, enlighten us. Bring us up to some good spirits. <laughs> So, um, to be honest, mine is a continuation of what everybody's already touched upon. Um, Besma used the analogy of the blanket I have the same analogy but I call it a bubble you're in your student bubble and then as soon as you graduate it pops <laughs> that was not a sound effect that was, like <laughs> that was my own mouth that's essentially how it felt to me you become exposed to reality. You're no longer, as Buzz was said, like protected by being in education, being able to run to someone. It's like, okay, whoa, I'm actually 
alone out here in the world and I have to think about what my next steps are will I get a job um where am I going essentially and these questions can be quite daunting to confront I was in a similar situation to quite a lot of you guys Adonai as well I wasn't feeling that great I thought when I came to graduation I'd be so excited like woo, woo, woo. but inside it was like I, there was just something like an undertone of like I'm not actually fully proud of my achievements I guess something similar to what Mandy was saying and for me I had the tough hand in things didn't go the way I planned let's just say because of certain technical difficulties and other things your girl handed in a whole five to six hours late boy <laughs> I don't want to talk about it and uh, let's, go. let's not relive it uh, well you move um I still did well but I had set expectations for myself and what I thought what I would have liked to accomplish and I didn't meet that goal that I set myself so it kind of put me off and made me lose confidence in that sense but yeah just as everybody's already said I think it was a thing of learning that just because you haven't achieved something right now doesn't mean you're going to get there and sometimes just thinking about things that you didn't do as well as you could have almost sets you back and holds you back so when I came to applying to jobs I didn't have that confidence to really put myself out there in the first place and that kind of held me back a bit but at the same time I feel like it was good to take that break and not be working because I spent a lot of time just working on myself working on my portfolio building up my skills and thinking actually Mm. kind of just like building my confidence back and just showing myself that I do have what it takes and even when I took that break and then came back to look at my work I could appreciate it for what it was instead of having that negative lens and that mindset that I had at the time so yeah um what would I say to you guys (laughs) you had a Um, well-needed break yeah you can actually go back and look at your work like it doesn't mean that when you finish your work it's finished like sometimes you can go back and finish your work like actually finish your work boy that's how I got into university yes now for real because I had so much unfinished work so I literally when I was applying for jobs I just went back and finished them and that was it like I didn't have to make anything new or design anything else like just finished the work until it was a standard that I wish it was at when I handed when I had my final hand in yeah and something else I also did even though I couldn't get a job at the time I just put it out there to firms that I was applying to could I just come in and show you my work so I actually went to Arup but in Nottingham so that's more the engineering branch and they had some architectural engineers and they said yeah come in show me your work we'll do um kind of like a mock interview and give you feedback and that really boosted my confidence because these are people in the industry and they genuinely like my work and I was like oh really I was kind of shocked myself but I went in confident because you have to act the part <laughs> do you know what I mean um, but I think it. it's good to even if in like whilst you're being rejected just put yourself out there there's nothing really to lose and don't feel too bad if you do get rejected but yeah I wanted to say that it's okay if you're starting a new job and you feel like you don't know what you're doing because I think that is a that is a common theme that as soon as you finish graduating and you start a job and you're just like I like I felt I didn't know what I had learned the three years 
not like it all gone out the window but i was like I, like this is all so new it's like you're learning everything again because you're in practice you're not in ed- you're not in education it's a different thing but you will learn things and it's okay not to know you can ask questions like you have a lot of people and they're more than willing i'm sure depending on what company i'm sure most people have nice um colleagues and bosses but yeah it's okay to feel like you don't know what you're doing you're still learning even just quickly sorry no man you're trying to end it but i have to relive it That's all right. <laughs> i was going to say that you, you like like Naomi said you're constantly learning and do you know what studying architecture and working as an architect are are almost completely two different things you study the subject but it doesn't mean that you're ready to be an architect building being an architect means also learning how to build client relationships it also means that you need to learn how to to balance certain things um not just technical drawings you know you need to be able to uh, ask your manager for extra time for example you, there's so many skills that you learn as an architect that you may not learn in uni so definitely explore what it means to be an architect just to end this episode off i wonder if i knew what i'd known back then if i still would have picked architecture and on that i wanted to ask why shouldn't you go into architecture because i think it's important to to say with all honesty if you do not like this or that or this about this subject then maybe it's just not for you i think i'm going to start with if you're lazy if you haven't got that mindset that you're going to be prepared to put in the hours and work the mindset that you'll see your friends on other courses enjoying themselves and you're still stuck in the studio if you're not prepared to put in the work yeah don't do the course because you'll just be miserable if you don't generally have an interest and in something that will keep you motivated throughout the course then i say it's not for you <laughs> to study architecture you need drive you need passion for it so if you don't have the passion for it it's okay you can kind of um use that passion for a different subject even studying architecture there's there's different routes you could be become a planner you can become an urban designer there's different creative careers that you could go into so if you don't have the passion for architecture just know that is actually okay the skills that you've learned from studying it can be applied elsewhere and even if you're thinking about studying it now and you're not too sure about it just make sure like you do research and ask loads of questions to different people and that will help you to shape your reality yeah Amanda? Oh my god, there's so many reasons why you shouldn't study architecture. Just don't do it. Don't do this to yourself. No, I think you shouldn't study architecture if you're only in it for the money. I just don't think it's even worth the brain capacity. Um, I don't think it's worth your mental health. If if you're just in it for the money, don't do it. Um, also, like I was saying before, if you don't like building relationships with people, if you don't like people, um, not not if you're introvert, just if you don't actually like people don't study architecture because it's all about the people um so you're really gonna suffer and lastly i think don't study architecture if you're not patient you need to know that a lot of the things in study and design in general just takes time and that needs to be something that you're willing to accommodate for and often even in architecture even when you go freelance in design um Sometimes you don't acquire for the amount of time that you spend on things. So if you, if it doesn't come naturally to you, 
then you need to learn how to be patient. I I completely agree with the fact that studying with studying architecture, you have to be a people's person, like as in a people person fact. Um, you need to be able to communicate your ideas and always be at the forefront of your design process. Um, and also not be a person that sort of sits on the bench. Like you have to be, obviously like we lose motivation here and there, but that goes hand in hand with having a love for, for, you know, for the, um, for degree. But yeah, that's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) I know Basma's hungry. She wants to go. (laughs) No, I ate earlier. It's just, 100% 100% just oh, I don't know guys it's hard to say as a person that really likes architecture <laughs> yeah um, I kind of had thoughts of like oh actually there's loads of reasons why you should obviously there's things with workload and it's not just about having the ability to draw quickly adding on to what you guys just said I also think you shouldn't go into architecture if you don't want to really delve yourself into architecture because I think that's one thing I've realized when I graduated is that I'm not going to become a successful architect if I don't keep myself aware of recent buildings that have been built and up and coming architects and things like this podcast like I'm not going to become an architect if I don't do it I, I, I got so sick of studying architecture and it did so many negative things I thought I I probably won't become an architect so because I was so determined of the fact that I really want to be an architect I really had to make the effort to do these extra things. So I had to go and read certain magazines. I had to go and listen to certain podcasts and really find my purpose in architecture. And I think if you're not willing to do that, and if you're not willing to go above and beyond to make it happen, then maybe architecture is just not for you. I think if you're super rigid in the way you work, the degree won't complement you in that sense. And you don't complement it in that way as well, because you need to be incredibly flexible. And there's so many different ways of expressing, um, expressing your design, expressing your thought process. And if you're sort of stuck, if you're that sort of person, that's like, I want it this way, almost being stubborn, you cannot be a stubborn person. There's a certain level of being of stubbornness in the sense of defending your ideas and really believing in yourself and having that drive but I feel like if it if you're that type of person where it can overbear you and take control of your entire process your entire dynamic of work that could overload your love for the actual degree as well in the in the sense that you feel that your way of working sort of trumps how everyone else works as well in the in the field of architecture you need to complement people as well as yourself and also you have to have that ability of working autonomously and as a team and collaboratively and if you don't have that if you don't honor that it's architecture is going to be incredibly hard for you you need to be a great listener and not only just listening but having the ability to absorb the information that's been given to you and act upon it so you need to be as much of a listener as a doer that always goes hand in hand that's what i think (laughs) wonderful and i would like to add basically what i think in a funny way if you don't like to suffer (laughs) don't do it it's not by force (laughs) Yeah, I kind of found it a difficult question because even though it's hard, even though it's challenging in so many different ways for me, I still really do like the subject. I find it so interesting and so fascinating. And the thing is going into, like I thought I liked it before, 
I thought I had an interest before uni, but then going into uni and having all those lectures, going on all those trips, I liked it even more. And for me personally, it was that interest and intrigue. And yeah, I guess the passion that I had for it that drove me through, through the three years, even though it was extremely difficult for me at some stages, I just knew it was for me. And even though you might doubt yourself because it will happen, <laughs> I think that's everyone. <laughs> at some point, you'll probably think about quitting. But honestly, if you feel the same, if you have a passion for it, if you really do enjoy it, keep going for it. It doesn't matter if you don't, it doesn't matter if you fell a year. It doesn't matter if, you know, you didn't do as well as you thought. At some point, you've always got time. Even if your degree has ended and you're starting a new job, you always have time to refine your skills, to better yourself because you've got the rest of your life. And architecture is a seven-year course for a reason. Even after graduating, they're still learning way up until their 50s, 60s, until they retire. I'm the type of person that I will get bored of something if I don't have changes or different challenges. So if you're a person like me and enjoy a new challenge all the time, then it's definitely the course for you. If you find change difficult, I feel like you're going to find the course very difficult as well. Exactly. Architecture is not just a degree, it's an experience. It doesn't end right when you graduate. It carries on throughout your life. And I think what's the beauty of it is that you're surrounded by it every single day. So it's almost like a constant reminder. So it was almost like you kind of know a world within the walls that no one else really knows about, which is really like, it's really cool. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say like, congratulations to anyone that actually made it through. Are you prepared? Um, <laughs> I wanted to say congratulations to everybody who graduated this year. Congratulations to everyone. Cause you deserve the best of the best. You know, you're the head and not the tail. You're done now. The first and not the last. Don't worry about your tutors. They didn't mean anything anyway. They got their own lives to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I'm proud of the people of this year, like... <gasps> With a doing... pandemic. Pandemic. Like, I honestly don't know how I would have handled okay. it. The fact that you guys have handled it and pulled through, worked honestly. at home worked out of your like worked in environments that possibly may have not been um the best you know to complete your work but you did it and that is so commendable thanks so much for listening today next week we have a very special episode where we'll be talking about studio culture hosted by my girl betha uh stay up to date on our social media that's at one to one hundred podcast send us a dm email us on one to one hundred podcast at gmail.com We'd love to hear all your suggestions and how we can tailor our content for you. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a McDonald's wrap. It's a wrap. Take care. See you wrap. Keep wrapping it up. We also want to let you guys know. Oh, my days. Uh, <laughs>